Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Chargian. Welcome to Week 11. It is Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Chargian, your host. My co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. I've never met this guy before. I, it's been a while. It has been a long yeah, time. Well, the very first show or something we did for for you two to be together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, man, that's going back a ways. Holy cow! You know, back then, Jonu Smith was good. Um, you know, there was it, it, all the running backs were healthy. It was a whole different landscape. That Christian McCaffrey still still was a great pick. <laughs> now it's Dan Arnold's time. It is After his touchdown on Thursday night. The oh, renaissance the is, is upon us. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Plenty to get to over the course of the show. We'll break down every matchup fantasy-style letter grades on all the meaningful players. We'll give you nine players upon whom you can take a chance. We'll give you three tough questions to ponder. And, of course, premature speculation. I Look, my track record on premature speculation has been spotty this year, but last week. DeAndre Booker. And I thought about using again this week, but decided that was too easy. It was just the revenge game. That's that, that's it all it was. Was the revenge game? Maybe so. Um, let's get to, let's dive right into the matchups. Beginning with the Detroit Lions taking on the Carolina Panthers. Scott, it looks increasingly like DeAndre Swift will not play He's out. this game. He is out. Hundred percent out. Yeah, okay. he right. is out. Yep. Him and Galladay have both been ruled out now. So. Uh, Marvin Jones is limited in practice too, and Matthew Stafford's got the thumb injury, so uh, it's it's going to be a little bit of a rough one there. Mm-hmm. I, I still have the C grade on Stafford. Uh, Carolina's been destroyed the last couple weeks through the air. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a situation where I think he can get some deep balls off to Marvin Jones and uh, Marvin Hall, the two Marvins, as you talked about the other week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what are the odds? 
And Hawkinson has been incredibly consistent this year. All but one week, he had 50 yards and a score and or a score yeah. in all but one week. So I have an A grade on Hawkinson. I think he's going to have to lean on Hawkinson more with Galladay out. Uh, both Jones and Hall, because Galladay's out, I've upped them to C grades. Marvin Hall is averaging well over 20 yards per reception, so it only takes a couple of them, mm. and there's going to be targets to go around. Yeah, uh, Amendola? Also out. out. So <laughs> that means Jones and Hall are going to be on the field the entire time. That's why they both get C grades. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift would have been an A grade with a smash he spot. Yes, he was in my top five earlier in the week. Is there any chance the Lions bring back Drew Peacock, our beloved oh, Drew God, Peacock? That would be the best. We, we They need a Drew Peacock in their lineup. They do. And that's, if not now, when? So Adrian Peterson has that was a that was a terrible by transition, but I just yeah, got yeah, back to just work. Keep, yeah, just go right. Back. I, I'm You're sorry, right. I can help myself. No way to go. No, no way to improve on that. All right, yeah. For the Panthers are the fourth worst against fantasy running backs, so it was a great spot. Peterson and Carrion are going to share, but Peterson has gotten more touches and more snaps than Carrion every week yes. that they've played together. So I am giving Peterson the B grade, and I'm benching Carrion. I just don't trust that he's going to get enough work he mm-hmm. could but do you want to try <laughs> no i really I, so. I really don't yeah it's a it's such a nice matchup for peterson it is, it is. It, i would not be surprised if he finished 80 yards and two touchdowns yeah they're, they're bottom five in in rushing yard rushing touchdowns and yards allowed i think they've allowed like nine touchdowns to running backs in the last like five weeks or something. okay so scott ca- carry on carry on oh jesus oh Did I redeem jesus. myself there no damn no i, I i'm no, you're keep- making it worse you're taking a hole for yourself right now. They're still not on the other side. They're still not ruling out Bridgewater. If PJ Walker is the starter, he might get a good amount of rushing yards to maybe be a mm-hmm. dart throw. Uh, but I, I have them both on the bench just because you don't know mm-hmm. at this point. I'm going to do the cop out that Matt did with the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers a couple weeks ago, and I'm giving all three wide receivers for the Carolina Panthers C grades. Boo. Oh, I know you hate it. I do. Uh, DJ Moore has topped 55 yards in in all but one game. He gets 50 plus yards every single week, three, four, five catches. Mm-hmm. That's solid enough for a C grade. Curtis Samuel had a down week last week, but he's had 50 total yards in six of his seven games. Like we're talking about guys that are going to get you three, four receptions, 50 plus yards. Maybe they get a score. That's C level production. And it and- sounds like we've gotten to a point with Curtis Samuel, where you can count on rushes from him. Last week was a little bit of a dud. In the red zone, too. Yeah. Inside the 10-yard line. Weird. Yeah. Robbie Anderson started the lead, the this season off really hot. He's been weak late, you know, just weaker lately. But he's still top five in yards, catches, and targets in the NFL, which is mm. which is pretty crazy. Yes. And a step I, I heard this week is that most of his yards and and catches and have come against man coverage, and that's what the Lions mostly play. And Bridgewater's best games are against man coverage. So yeah. if Bridgewater does go, Robbie Anderson even though I gave him a C grade is probably the one of the three you want, because that's the type of, that's the type of defense that he uh, excels against Mike Davis. I have an A grade against, against the lions here. This is the lions are the worst in the NFL against fantasy running backs. Mm-hmm. Davis is a good pass catcher. Lions have allowed the most receiving yards, most receiving touchdowns over the last five weeks to running backs on the ground. They're no, not much better. Most rushing touchdowns, sixth most rushing yards. And if, if PJ Walker does start, Rushing quarterbacks have opened stuff up for running backs. So it's just what they it do. It does happen. Yeah. So, yeah. So Mike Davis, I gave an A grade to. Unless you're care unless you're Kenyon Drake. 
At which point there there is no such thing as a as a good enough rushing quarterback, apparently, to open things up for him. Mm. Let's go to Miami taking on Denver. Brian, for the Dolphins, we've got a lot of moving parts here, injuries at wide receiver and running back. We've got two at the at the helm. What are your thoughts on this offense as they face the Broncos? Let's start at the running back position for Miami because we got a bell cow on our hands and Salvin Ahmed. Jordan Howard is gone. Matt Breda spends more time in the blue tent than on the gridiron, and we'll see Ahmed uh, operating as Miami's bell cow once again, and he scored from the one-yard line last week. He's not a between-the-20s pony here. So uh, Denver's D, run D has been very leaky over the last three weeks, too. They've allowed 153, 153 rushing yards per game to opposing backs to go, to go along with five ground scores. They've also allowed more than five catches per game to the position. Patrick Laird and DeAndre Washington might steal some third-down work, but a very safe B for Salvin Ahmed, uh, a B for Devontae Parker as well. He hasn't posted big numbers with Tua at quarterback, but his air yard shares have risen each week since Tua took over from 18% to 31% to 37% last mm. week. The Broncos held Raiders wide receivers scoreless last week. That's not hard to do. But before that, Denver surrendered six wide receiver touchdowns over their last three games. Uh, Denver's top corner, A.J. Bouye, might not play as well. He's questionable with a hip injury, so uh, B for Parker with A upside. And I want to give a C to Jakeem Grant. Uh, was on the field. I'm, I'm really interested in Grant. Jakeem the dream. And there's a great daily angle, which I was trying to give my followers last week, and it almost came through, but played in more than 75% of the snaps last week. Mm-hmm. And he returns kicks. So if you yeah. play a cheap wide receiver like Grant who can produce on the field, and Miami's got a very viable team defense play this week. They do. And if he returns a kick, you get the double bonus points there. So if you're a daily player, that's some sage advice for you. Uh, some more sage advice is benching Mike Gesicki. Mm. Yes, he put together consecutive games with more than one catch for the first time <laughs> since weeks one and two. That's where the bar is right now. With catch totals of two and three. And this is a brutal matchup. Only one opposing tight end has cracked 50 yards against Denver, uh, who also has not allowed a tight end touchdown since week one. So I'm benching Kosicki. Did you know Durham Smythe has played over him two out of the last three weeks? Unbelievable. I, this is one How of the far most And then the Adam Shaheen is a, a thing, too, that's always yeah. threatening Kosicki. So, yeah, he, he's falling off the wayside. I'm on the fence with Tua Tungo Vailoa. I'm putting him on the bench, though. He does have two passing touchdowns in back-to-back games with at least six rush attempts in each of those games, but he hasn't hit 30 pass attempts yet. He's just just not enough volume there to trust him in standard formats for me. So a bench for Tua over to the Denver side. Not a lot to love here. Melvin Gordon, a very soft C, only averaging 11 touches over the last three weeks. Miami has not allowed a back-to-top 90 rushing yards in their last 12 games and has held the position scoreless in four straight. So... You're getting a little bit of volume from Gordon, but uh, don't did, expect much. Did you consider, instead of a soft C, giving him a strong D or a hard D? No, I'm sure he didn't, because we don't use Ds on I would show. never do such a thing, Scott. That's right. Never, ever, ever. And I would never play Philip Lindsay, at least not right now. Four carries for two yards and one target last week. He's on Ugh. the bench. Uh, Jerry Judy, uh, C for him, played through a shoulder injury last week. Looks like he'll play through an ankle issue that has limited him in practice this week, but he has commanded a target share of nearly 25% over the last three weeks, so you have to start him if he suits up. He will see a lot of Xavier Howard probably, but Howard has surrendered a score in two of his last three games, so I'm still starting Judy. I'm going to start Tim Patrick as well, uh, giving him a C. The Dolphins only allow 20 points per game. On a whole, but wide receivers had have had success against Miami over the last three weeks, surrendering three touchdowns to the position and two 100-yard performances. Patrick has a very safe PPR floor. He scored double-digit PPR points in five of his last six games, including three touchdowns in that span. Uh, Noah Fant 
Uh, last player with a starting grade. He gets a C. He's pretty banged up, but he should is. play. Hasn't delivered a score or a 50-yard game since week two. But the and and oh, not but and the Dolphins have allowed the ninth fewest receptions and fourth fewest yards to opposing tight ends. That's not good. But you're hoping for a score here. Miami has given up three touchdowns to opposing tight ends over the last two games. And then Drew Locke, no young Jeezy this week. He's on the bench. And I got to leave us with this quote on this matchup: Drew Locke on his bad plays. Quote: Half the time, right as the ball leaves my hand, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> the time. <laughs> the time. You don't want to hear that your quarter, half of your quarterback's Ooh, passes yeah. he instantly knows are in trouble. Yeah. No take on uh, for Drew Locke this week. No, I'm afraid not. Philadelphia takes on Cleveland. This will be our last matchup of this segment. Uh, let's start with the running game in Miles Sanders. In his four full games, Sanders has averaged 16 rushes. Each of the backs who have hit 16 rushes against Cleveland have topped 100 yards. Sanders is averaging five targets per game. And the last two opposing backs that saw five targets per game combined for 130 yards and a touchdown. He's got to start catching them. 14 catches on 30 targets is not, not good, good for a no. running back. Well, but you know what? In that offense, it's probably much more on Carson Wentz, <laughs> who has be. been tremendously inaccurate so far this year. A lot and of also pressure, too. A ton of pressure. So let's go right, let's go right to Carson Wentz. I love that Wentz has got all of his available targets. But it hasn't changed his horrible protection. He is constantly being harassed. Wentz is bottom four in sacks and hits absorbed per pro football focus. Or are you top four if you're getting the most hits I think you're sacks. top four. Is that top, top four? four? But top's usually good yeah. if you're the tops of something. So it wouldn't either no, way, he's getting hit and sacked a lot. Now, fortunately, Cleveland star defensive end Miles Garrett is out for this game. Mm-hmm. So maybe Wentz gets a cleaner pocket here, puts things together. That would be nice. Now, Cleveland's had their last two games, last three weeks have been monsoon, bye week, monsoon. So we really don't have an accurate read of where this defense is right now. But maybe they'll treat it like a bye week with that. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> trend. Prior to those two monsoon games in the bye week. They had allowed three to four passing touchdowns to half of the opposing quarterbacks. Wentz got some nice upside here. I'm going to give him a C grade in this matchup. Let's talk about his receivers a little bit. Jalen Rager gets a B grade. Remove uh, Removing the past two games where there was all the wind and everything else in Cleveland, the monsoon games, they had been averaging 210 yards per game to receivers, which was third most. And since returning from injury, Jalen Rager has led Philadelphia in targets, and last week he led the team with 96 air yards. I think they're starting to migrate towards Jalen Rager. He is good. He's not as good as Justin Jefferson, who was taken after him, but he's good. And next, Travis Fulgham moves down to a C grade here. He had been very reliable when everybody else was hurt, but now that they're all back, Fulgham fell off the face of the earth last week with one catch. His usual safe floor is gone here. He runs from both sides of the field and is generally outmatched by both of Cleveland's quarterbacks cornerbacks, Terrence Mitchell and Denzel Ward. Let's go to Dallas Goddard, who is uh, depressingly not produced with Zach Ertz out. I I really thought with Ertz out that Goddard was going to go like into tight end one territory. They need to be pushing each other in the lineup, I guess, right? Maybe, I guess. The Browns have allowed the fifth most receptions to opposing tight ends, but most of the damage was done earlier in the season. They haven't done much uh, lately. They've given up just one score and one 50-yard game over the last five weeks, including shutting down Darren Waller and Eric Ebron over that stretch. All right, let's go over to the Cleveland side. 
We begin with Austin Hooper. He's got an opportunity, which is odd to start with the tight end, but I am. He's got an opportunity to start uh, to get back to his pre-appendix surgery form against a soft Eagles back seven. Philadelphia is allowing the fourth most receptions and touchdowns, as well as the ninth most yards to opposing tight ends. They've been using Jalen Mills to cover tight ends in man looks lately, and Hooper is 60 pounds heavier than the former cornerback. So if Jalen Mills uh, ends up lining up against Hooper, that is a mismatch. And I like Hooper, and I start with him because he's got the highest grade of any of the receivers here. I will talk about Baker Mayfield in just a few minutes as well. Kareem, uh, see with the the, uh, receivers. Let's go to Jarvis Landry, still scoreless on the season and has been held under 60 yards in seven of nine games. But he's set to face Philadelphia slot cornerback Crevon LeBlanc, who's been generous to his opposition. <laughs> LeBlanc yields a 114 passer rating and is allowing an 81% catch rate. So even though the Eagles secondary surrendered the third fewest touchdowns to opposing receivers, Landry's got a positive matchup here, and this could be the one where he finally breaks his touchdown maiden for 2020. Plus, he's had like a 30% target share in the last three three weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets With a Odell lot of out. Break yeah. his touchdown maiden? Yeah, you like that? <laughs> I do. For 2020. Oh, you've never said that before, ever. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Richard Higgins is a startable commodity this week. He's the only other wideout who gets targeted really at all in this offense. Yeah, anytime he lines up on the left side of the field, he's got a very positive matchup against cornerback Avante Maddox, who Pro Football Focus ranks as cornerback 111. And Maddox yields five inches and 20 pounds to Higgins. So I kind of like Higgins as a dart throw in this one. And then let's go to the running backs, and we'll wrap this up. Nick Chubb has 100-plus rushing yards in each of his last three full games. But the Eagles have not allowed a back more than 63 rushing yards in their last seven straight, and just one back has gone over 92 yards in the Eagles' last 28 games. That's an incredibly impressive run defense. They're giving up just 3.3 yards per carry. Game script could be a problem for the as the Eagles are, are far easier to pass upon than run, so I'm nervous about Nick Chubb, and he drops to a B grade here. Kareem Hunt is um, has maintained all pretty much all of his workload with Chubb back. In Chubb's four full games, Hunt has averaged 15 carries for 77 yards, which is exactly what he was doing without Chubb. But again, tough matchup against a terrific run defense. And mysteriously, Hunt has not been using the passing game, which I don't understand. He's an incredibly gifted pass catcher. Oh, They're and not they do, though. He's, he's scored, though. He's, like, yeah, when they target him, he produces, but that's they right. don't target him. They don't target him. It's it's baffling. I, they need to unfurl that sooner or later. Uh, the Eagles have allowed just two receiving touchdowns to running backs in their last 26 games, so it's not happening this week. And Kareem Hunt is just a C grade. All right, when we come back, take a chance on me. These are nine players, not normally in your starting lineup. Many of these guys are on the waiver wire. Uh, we've got some deep calls this week, and there are a lot of guys on the waiver wire. We'll tell you who they are when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome back to the show. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, and Brian Johnson with you. It's a segment we call Take a Chance on Me. We give you a player at each position we believe you should take a chance on, and we begin at the quarterback position. Scott. I am going to go with Taysom Hill. I know that you can play him at tight end. It's some. In some silly places. Great. Uh, (laughs) But come on. He gets the Falcons. They've allowed eight 300-plus yard passing days, six multi-touchdown games. I don't expect him to be a huge passer if he does get the start. But if he's going to have to pass, it might as well be against an easy pass defense. Yes. What I do like is his rushing ability. It's shown good floors for for fantasy quarterbacks. He has seven yards per carry over the last three. And the fact that he averages that in, in that last three games, Games, says to me, if he gets the ball and he's uh, averaging seven carries per game mm-hmm. also over the last three. So if he gets seven to 10 carries I like his chances, and yeah. some passing yards, yeah. he's an okay take on. Okay. I like it. We'll talk more about his whole, his position eligibility in some leagues later in the show. Oh, there's an issue there. Yeah, there isn't, no. there is an issue there. And my phone is blown up with people that want guidance on this. Uh, all right, Brian, your take a chance on me. Quarterback is. Joe Flacco at the Chargers. I like it. He's available in 99% of leagues. Flack at lack. Uh, I just wanted to say that. I think you did. Flack at lack. But the Chargers are one of 12 teams with an opponent passing play percentage north of 60%. They've also surrendered multiple touchdown passes in five of their last six games. And with a suddenly somewhat dangerous trio of wide receivers in New York now with Mm. Crowder, Perryman, and Mims, Flacco has looked pretty good, especially his last game out when he had 262 passing and three touchdowns against the Patriots. The return of starting left tackle Mekhi Becton has been huge, and Flacco's airing it out. He leads the NFL in most air yards per attempt at 9.5. He's the third lowest in check down percentage among all quarterbacks. I do not trust the run game for the Jets. That's well, no shocker. Why should you? And they'll be playing from behind. Joe Flacco is going to win someone a million dollars this weekend. I hope it's me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might take a chance to be quarterback. Is Baker Mayfield, who I alluded to last segment. It's tough to evaluate the OBJ-less Browns offense when they've had a bye week in two monsoons since his injury. Uh, but in Baker Mayfield's last normal game, week seven, when Odell Beckham got knocked out very early, Mayfield still piled up five touchdowns without Odell Beckham. So he's got some sneaky upside against a Philadelphia secondary that looks good on paper, but has seen very few good passers. If we take away Philadelphia's games against Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, 
Ben DiNucci, C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, and Dwayne Haskins. Man, that's a lot of bad quarterbacks. That is. The Eagles are allowing 251 yards and two and a half touchdown passes per game. The Eagles are a fantastic run defense, and the path of least resistance runs through Baker Mayfield's mm-hmm. arm. Let's go to the running back position. Who is your taking chance on me, runner, Scott? I am going a little deeper here with a backup, uh, Rex Burkhead. Uh, he plays against the Texans, who have allowed the second running back, the backup running back, to average well over 50 yards per game. That's how many yards mm. they give give up Just to, to the running backups. backs. The backups are getting over 50 yards per game. Burkhead's getting a bunch of goal line work, has three touchdowns in the last two games. Mm. He's getting the goal line work when Cam Newton doesn't, basically. Uh he is now playing 35% more snaps than James White over the yeah. last couple of weeks. James White has kind of disappeared in that offense. Not kind of. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone straight Casper on this. And Burkhead's had eight targets in the last two games. Mm-hmm. He's getting those targets. So I, I got Rex Burkhead. All right, Brian, you take a chance on me, runner. It's come to this for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it has. He's, he's, the, take, he's take a chance worthy. At home against the Packers. Yeah, I was thinking of using Kalen Bellage, but that's too obvious yeah, these right, days. Right. <laughs> so I got to go to Jonathan Taylor, yes. get contrarian with everyone's favorite rookie not from not long ago. But uh, Naheem Hines, technically the starter now for the Colts. Uh, but the Colts will look to run the ball as much as possible against the Packers, keep mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and company off the field for as long as they can. And, yes, Taylor only handled 24% of the running back touches for the Colts in the last game. But in his eight-game career, his illustrious eight-game career, Jonathan Taylor, he already has more double-digit carry games than Naheem Hines or Jordan Wilkins in both of their respective careers. So there's a good chance he leads the team in carries against the Packers, who have allowed the second-most fantasy points to running backs and have been especially bad since their Week 5 bye. So... Now or never, Jonathan Taylor. Or it's like droppable in redraft formats if it's not this week. You could almost start Taylor just on the fact that he's gotten so little use the last couple weeks. Yeah, he's fresh. That, yeah, now, that seems to be like when the guys pop out of the, mm-hmm. the Indianapolis rotation of backs. It's inexplicable. My take a chance of me running back is Devontae Booker. Now, you might be saying, where was that last week? Well, we did talk about him last week, so take that. He's averaging six yards per carry. His workload has increased in four straight games. And in the earlier matchup with this week's opponent, Kansas City, Booker had 62 yards on just seven carries. John Gruden runs the ball a whopping 31 times per game, and the Chiefs are seeing 29 rushing attempts. So we know to expect a lot of ground and pound in this game, and Josh Jacobs is not going to get 31 or 29 carries. A bunch of it's going to go to Devontae Booker because he's just too good to keep off the field. Let's go to the receiver position, not necessarily wide receiver, Scott. Who is your take a chance on me player? I'm going with Logan Thomas. Mm. Since Alex Smith took over, he's got 12 targets in the last two weeks. It's only culminated in seven catches for 94 yards. But this week he gets a Bengals D that has given up five games of over 50 yards to tight ends. Yeah. Six tight end touchdowns in just the last five weeks. And this is a Bengals defense that has allowed 18 passing touchdowns over the last six weeks. I actually like Alex Smith this week, too. So give me me Logan Thomas. I've slowly moved Alex Smith up my rankings all week. I think now he's like quarterback 10. Yeah. Uh, All right, Brian, you're taking a chance for me. Receiver is. Give me Saints tight end. Taysom Hill. I'm just kidding. I'm pairing Brashad Perryman with Flackett Lack. Two Jets for me this week. Perryman was my pre-spec a few weeks ago. Looks like he's coming to fruition after a monster game against New England in Week 9, 100-plus yards and two touchdowns. Not necessarily a smash spot here as the Chargers have only surrendered a handful of big yardage outputs to opposing wide receivers, but they still allow 
154 yards per game to the position. That's pretty decent. And since week four, L.A. has allowed seven wide receiver touchdowns in six games, and that's basically been to four teams. Mm. The two teams that failed to score a wide receiver were the Michael Thomas-less Saints and the Dolphins last week, who only had 25 pass attempts. So uh, I'm rolling with Perryman. I'm going with Michael Gallup against the Vikings. The Vikings secondary is likely without its number three, number four, number five cornerbacks. And if Cameron Dantzler can't make his way through the concussion protocol, they're also without their number one cornerback. And uh, their number one cornerback is like a number four cornerback. For anybody else. Uh, The Cowboys can stretch thin any secondary with their three excellent receivers. They get Andy Dalton back. Uh, What little help the Vikings can muster will be dedicated to stopping Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. And that leaves Michael Gallup most often on six-string cornerback Chris Boyd, who has allowed a passer rating of 134 in his coverage. There you go. Nine players. Take a chance on me. Let's work in one more matchup. The Atlanta Falcons take on the New Orleans Saints. The Saints side is a lot more interesting, but let's start with the Falcons side. Calvin Ridley likely back. This passing Mm -hmm. attack is at full strength. Do you like Matt Ryan? I kind of (laughs) do after allowing multiple touchdowns in each of their first seven games. This is the saints. Mm -hmm. They have buckled down, picking off five passes and giving up just one touchdown in their last two. Uh, Granted, one of them was San Francisco. The other was Tom Brady though. They had a really good game against Tom Brady and um, Lattimore should be back. He should be quite, I think he's questionable. should play. Uh, They still have Jenkins. They have a good pass defense. I'm giving Ryan a C, but um, it's a pretty strong C. I could go B too. I, could go B too, but I'm, I'm going to leave it as a C. Julio Jones, 95 plus yards and or a touchdown in four straight. I got a B grade on him. I don't, I don't, I don't love either Jones or Ridley's matchups in this one, but they're just too good to sit. Well, unless Marshawn Lattimore, unless Lattimore doesn't, doesn't go. go. If, if Lattimore doesn't go, at, game on, baby. at the moment, I'm assuming that they, they go full strength. Okay. Uh, his lowest yardage game of uh, the last four weeks was the week nine game without Ridley, weirdly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, you'd think, you'd think it'd be lower with Ridley in there. Uh, Ridley, 60-plus yards in six of his seven games, has six touchdowns in those. Uh, if he doesn't go, but he should go, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus would get a, a C grade. But it sounds like Ridley's going. So I think he's going. I got a B grade on him, too. Hayden Hurst, I'm giving a C grade, too, even though only two. Two tight ends of top 50 yards, and both were because they were the top two receiving option on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they saw six-plus targets, and, and players that get six-plus targets against the Saints have done well. Hurst hit 50 yards in five of the six games he hit six targets. I think if he can get that, he's got a fair shot at a C grade there. Todd Gurley, I don't super love him this week, but he gets so much volume. 18-plus touches in five straight. Yeah, how, how he turns 18 touches into like 60 rushing yards every it's week those is touchdowns. ridiculous. The touchdowns but he does keeps score. him up. He he's scores. Got nine. I think he's got nine touchdowns. It's unreal. He scores all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downside also, only two catches per game. And over his last four, he's averaging 2.6 yards per carry, Jeez. as you just kind of alluded to. It's unreal. Uh, the Saints on the other side have given up over 100 total yards to just one back this year. So, as I said, don't love the matchup, mm-hmm. but he gets so much volume and he gets those goal line touches. I got to give him the C grade. Makes sense. On the other side, Taysom Hill was my ch- take a chance on me player at this point. We we assume he's going to start, even though there's mind games going out there. Uh, Adam Schefter reported he'd taken all the first team snaps. Yeah. I think he's going to start. So he's my take a chance on me player. 
I have A grades on both Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. If Winston does start, Winston's 10 attempts last week, I believe he targeted uh, Michael Thomas five times and twice, and twice in the end zone. Yeah. So if if it's Winston, Thomas and A. If it's not, I feel like Taysom Hill's going to know. Who do you trust more as a passer? You, you know passer. when your bread is buttered, right? Well, who as do you trust more? As a passer, Winston. Winston or Hill? Hill has 18 pass attempts in, in his, his career. career. I mean, yes, it's Winston. So, how, how bizarre was the verbiage from Peyton where he's like, no offensive packages will Jameis Winston be involved in? That's like a, a failed yeah, smokescreen to that, me. That That's a, like that he tipped his hand too and, much. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what that means entirely. Like, who says that about anyone? So you're not going to line <laughs> him up at a re- at receiver? What does that mean? Yeah, anyway. On to Alvin Kamara. Why the A grade? The Falcons against pass catching running backs yeah, for about always. five years in a row now. Uh, they allow six running back receptions per game. They they mm-hmm. can't seem to figure it out. And Alvin Kamara, I have to do some more research, but I think he's good, good. as the a receiver. In the receiving the, game. I think so. Can I make note though? He has never scored against the Atlanta Falcons wow. in his career, which, which is, is crazy. Weird. Yeah, yeah. I do have Murray on the bench, though. He hasn't topped 13 touches since week four. And uh, normally t- 10 to 12 touches is good. But uh, but against uh, against the Falcons, no running back with uh, fewer than 13 touches has topped 30 yards. Ew. So <laughs> they allow 3.6 yards per carry. They they mm. keep people down, but not receiving backs. Right, right. So I'm benching Murray, giving Kamara the A. All right, makes sense. We don't even need to talk about Jared Cook anymore, do we? No. No, I don't. I think I think you're probably right about that at this stage. Hopefully, you're not so desperate that you're actually starting him. Hey, if you want all my player rankings, we encourage you to go to guillotineleagues.com. All the players ranked, and many of them explained as well. You can uh, you can read up on your favorite players, find out who to bench, who to start. Everybody's graded. You should also continue to listen to the show because coming up next, we got a block of matchups, including the Jets at the Chargers, Air Bear. There he is. There's the air bear. There's the bear. Justin Herbert. Will he thrash the Jets? Find out when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal 
and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. And Brian, you already told us you love the Jets' passing game as a dart throw. Wacko for Flacco. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the rushing attack? Well, and and is there anybody else that you want to talk about, like Denzel Mims, maybe? Rushing attack. That's, yeah, that's, that's okay. Rushing attack. Uh, Air no, quotes in there. I got Frank Gore and LaMichael Perrine on the bench. It was a 50%, 46% snap uh, split in favor of Gore last week. Gore saw 14 touches to just eight from Perrine. I don't know if you'd want all 22 from just one guy in this game. Uh, it's, it's, it's an easy bench for me. Uh, an easy B, though, for Jamison Crowder. Only two catches on two targets uh, in his last game, but uh, one went for a touchdown. He's virtually a lock for 10-plus targets every week. Mm-hmm. Running when healthy, which he is now. running, And the Jets coming off their bye, by the way. Running from the slot, he'll... He'll uh, avoid Casey Hayward, and with Chris Harris on IR, he draws rookie slot corner Tavon Campbell, who's allowed Ooh. two scores in his last three games. So a B for Crowder, and Brashad mm-hmm. Perryman was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver. It was a coin flip between he and Denzel Mims, who we like a lot on this show. Uh, yeah, but We're going to talk more about yeah. Mims later. Even more about Mims later, but uh, I went with Perryman. He does lead the Jets in first down receptions and yards per target with Flacco at quarterback, so I'm just going to I'm gonna bench Mims for here uh, for this week, but he should be rostered for sure. And uh, Flacco again might take a chance on me quarterback. Flack at lack. Uh, over to the Chargers side. <laughs> An A for Kalen Balaj. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted, flustered, all those adjectives. Uh, the Jets are top five in red zone touches and red zone targets yielded per game to opposing running backs. It's, it's no surprise. So is that bottom five? Top five in a good way, in the most red zone touches and red zone targets. Good way for the Chargers. For Kalen Balage in particular, yes. It's no surprise the Jets have allowed the eighth most fantasy points to running backs, including the league's fifth most uh, receptions to running backs at 58. Balage has been very active catching the ball out of the backfield over the last two games, uh, turning nine targets into seven catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. So an A for Kalen Balage. Holy F. Uh, Over to Keenan Allen, can give him an A as well. He was wide receiver 20. Like in late August, I know. that's criminal right now. Yep. Uh, he's eclipsed, uh, has scored and/or eclipsed 100 yards in six of his last seven games. And here come the Jets, who are bottom ten in yards, receptions, and fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And that's bottom ten in terms of the most in a very good way for yeah. Keenan Allen. Yes. And the Jets have also surrendered four touchdowns in two 100-yard games to wide receivers over their last three. For those very same reasons of giving Mike Williams a very easy B here. And Hunter Henry gets a B as well. Four tight ends have seen at least four targets against the Jets this year. All have put up at least 60 yards or a touchdown. Henry has four targets in all but two games this year. If you get opportunities against the Jets, you turn them into something. And that's why your boy, Charge, the Air Bear, Justin Herbert. Uh, Just a B, though. The haircut worries me. 
He looks like a, a, a 15. He looks like he's Samson. Yeah, Samson. Samson. Yep. Yeah. It looks like a like a juvie mugshot now for Justin Herbert. <laughs> oh, but, hey, uh, that 14 year old is leading rookies <laughs> in passing. That's right. And you know what the uh, the Jets are not leading uh, in is sacks. They only have 11 on the season. That's second fewest. Air Bear is going to have plenty of time to play with all of his toys. The Air Bear. I the, like it. The Air Bear. Uh, there was a little aardvark in there for just a second, if you were wondering. Accidental aardvark appearance. He's not the, you, you he's just, not the fantasy aardvark, though. Cross, cross mate. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Aardvark. Moreau over here. <laughs> uh, uh, Cincinnati and Washington face each other. Let's begin on the Cincinnati side, where Gio Bernard will get the start with Joe Mixon nursing his foot injury. Bernard will face a Washington run defense that has allowed just one back to top 86 rushing yards. But we just saw DeAndre Swift post a solid all-purpose game against Washington last week, so it can be done here by Bernard, both on the ground and through the air. Washington has given up a running back score one way or another in five of their last seven games. So I think Bernard gets a B grade. I like him here. Mm -hmm. Going to the passing game, Joe Burrow gets a C. Good defenses have mostly held Joe Burrow in check, and he'll face a good one this week. Washington is allowing the second-fewest passing yards and the sixth-fewest passing touchdowns. The Bengals' struggling offensive line is going to get ambushed by those four first-rounders that Washington's got on their defensive Mm -hmm. line, and I'm worried about Joe Burrow having time to get downfield. And that means I'm not crazy about his receivers either. We love T. Higgins on this show, yes, but this is a bad matchup. Now, he did practice on Friday. I think he plays here. I worry about Burrow having enough time to find him. He may have to settle for the underneath stuff to Higgins. Now, Higgins runs from both sides of the field, but when he runs from the left, he faces incredibly tough coverage from Kendall Fuller, who's been basically invincible before yielding a bit last week. Then... Tyler Boyd gets a C grade. Did I say C grade on Teagans? If I didn't, he's a C grade. C grade on Tyler Boyd. Again, Washington secondary, very good. They surrendered the second fewest fantasy points per game to opposing receivers. Boyd runs overwhelmingly from the slot. He'll face slot cornerback Jimmy Moreland mm-hmm. most often. Moreland has yet to allow a score this season and has allowed 38 or fewer yards in his coverage in every game since week two. That is a bad matchup for Tyler yeah, Boyd, and he's just got to see. A.J. Green is on the bench. He's been held scoreless this year, and he has totaled 19 yards over the last two games. That Andre Johnson-level drop-off there. That is, isn't it? Remember when it, Remember yeah. when Andre Johnson hit the wall? Yeah. So yeah, yeah yep. that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that comparison. That's very good. Let's go to Washington and start with the running game there. Antonio Gibson with the two-touchdown game yeah. last week. Yeah, that felt good. He's a good player. He ranks third in missed tackles per rush attempt. Mm. That's very good. And he just passes the eye test. He, te- he you does. can see that he's good. This is a this is a far tougher matchup on the ground than through the air. Going all the way back to week three, Cincinnati has allowed just one rushing touchdown, and that was to Derrick Henry. And, and only Henry's top 75 rushing yards against Cincinnati. So good. this is a tough matchup, and I've only got a B grade on Gibson. I almost gave him a C, but I like him too much. So Imagine Gibson with his pass catching skills without McKissick. What he'd well, be like a top running back. I know, and I don't understand why they never throw to him. He's a converted wideout. Yeah. He'll catch it if you throw to him. But they never do. Sticking with the running backs, let's go to J.D. McKissick. He's been a PPR superstar over the past couple of weeks with target totals of 14 and 15. That's from, from Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but those numbers are unsustainable, and he's only scored once all year, and the Bengals have been very good against receiving backs, allowing the third-fewest receptions and only two receiving scores to running backs. So I only have a C grade on J.D. McKissick. We're not going to chase his production the past couple of weeks. All right, so let's go to the uh, let's go to the receiving game and the passing game. 
Scott, you and I talked about Alex Smith a little while ago. He has topped 300 yards in both of his full games and now meets his easiest opponent, Cincinnati. The Bengals' secondary has devolved before our very eyes over the past month. They've given up three touchdowns, five touchdowns, two touchdowns, and four passing touchdowns. So, lots of upside for Alex Smith in this one. And that means I love Terry McLaurin, who's an obvious A grade. I don't even need to expound on him here. And Logan Thomas was your take-a-chance-on-me tight end receiver earlier today, Scott. So, Mm -hmm. there you go. Let's go to our final matchup. It is the Patriots taking on the Houston Texans. Scott? Sure. Cam Newton. The running back, right? He's That's right. There's not even a reason to talk about him as a passer. He he only gets a C grade for me on his rushing ability and his ability to get touchdowns. Sure, he might get 100, 150 yards, but it's all about all about the rushing for him. He's only has three passing touchdowns on the season. Mm-hmm. This Houston defense is 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 a defense that he can work against. I have a B grade on uh, Damian Harris. Such a good much matchup for running backs. It it's, is. It's hard not to like him. Uh, main problem is Damian Harris doesn't catch passes and he doesn't get touchdown opportunities, which he should because he's built for goal line use. He I is know. a bruiser. Yeah, I, I don't get it. But Texans are second worst against fantasy running backs, allowing by far the most rushing yards to running backs, mm-hmm. which is what Harris gets. He has 52 touches in the last three weeks. I have a B grade on him, but I could go higher. Yeah, but I have a, I have a very very solid strong B grade. Then we get to the passing game. Because Newton doesn't throw a lot, I don't like a lot of the receiving options, no. except for the guy that has 40 plus, 40% plus target share in three straight games, yeah. Jacoby Myers. He gets everything that they throw. So he's the only one I trust. 60-plus uh, yards in four straight games, averaging over nine targets per game in that. Uh, the average stat line for wide receivers that get nine targets a game Eight for 134 and 1.25 touchdowns against oh, these oh. Houston Texans. Yeah, we would certainly take that. Yeah. Let me ask you this I don't about- know that he gets it, but I mean. <laughs> Do you think every time Cam throws to Jacoby, he just yells, Jacoby? Uh, you get maybe. what I'm saying. I, yeah, there, right? Kobe. I get it. I, I, I get it. I no when you throw idea. something like away, Charge, you say Kobe. Like yeah. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Because like it's going in. It's You're going to score. Oh, not Kobe. throwing it away, not in the garbage. No, not you in a bad mean, way. In a good throwing, way. Throwing, it. throwing, period. No. Not throwing away. Jacoby, let's assume there's a quarterback upgrade of some kind coming next year for the Patriots. Kobe Myers gets kind yeah, of interesting next yeah. season, doesn't he? He does. I picked him up in a couple of dynasty leagues just to, just to see what happens over the offseason. Oh, yeah, definitely. On the other side of the ball, I'm uh, I'm 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 going to be Oprah with some A's here. <laughs> I'm oh, going to give right. them away. If at some point you need to award the fantasy aardvark, just let me know because I'm I, ready to go here. I don't think so. But so is the aardvark. Okay. Def- Deshaun Watson, I'm giving an A grade to multiple touchdowns in six of his last seven. New England has allowed the most 20 plus yard completions on the season. Could you? Could one of you guys do some research on me? Twenty plus yard completions. A team that gives up a ton of them. Is that good for Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks? Is that that might match what they do well? <laughs> that might match what they do well. So I have A grades for both of them. Fuller had touchdowns of six straight Wait, before the monsoon. If it's two A grades, there you go. That's your fantasy aardvark right there. Pairing, yeah. Six straight games with a touchdown before the bad weather game last week. Uh, Brandon Cooks, eight targets in five, at least eight targets mm. in five straight. Uh, and the and in the four that weren't hampered with terrible weather, he had 60-plus in each of them and scored in three of them. Uh, also, if Gilmore misses, which he might, yeah. upgrade him even more. Yeah. Uh, 
Over on uh, the running back side, Duke Johnson missed some practice this week with an illness. Sounds like he's going to go anyway. David Johnson is on IR, obviously. Uh, but I gave him a C grade. He has 30 carries in the last two weeks. He's getting so much volume. It's hard not to give him a C grade, even though he's only averaging 3.1 yards per carry. Yeah. Um, not that effective getting the touches, so I'm giving him a volume C. A volume C. I like that. When, as I look forward to next week's show, Chris Carson likely to be back. Yeah. Does he immediately go right back to being the workhorse? Or do you think that they saw enough from Carlos Hyde and DJ Dallas no. and Travis Homer that they start distributing the ball a little bit more? I I think they would have seen enough from DJ Dallas a couple weeks ago when he had that big game. And then they went right back to Carlos Hyde. So I don't, I don't think so. Carlos I Hyde think, looked good on Thursday. I know. I don't. I think they just go right back to Carson, honestly. We have a lot of history that suggests that that the Seahawks like their main heavy workload. Back. Yeah, yeah. And that probably goes right back to being Chris Carson. And he'll enjoy whatever, ten days off. Mm-hmm. So he ought yeah. to he ought to be fully healthy by then. He was almost ready. So almost he's ready. Be. So there's a there's a sneaky opportunity out there for Chris Carson to dominate fantasy leagues the rest of the way. This offense is so high scoring. There's so many scoring opportunities. Carson's a good running back, now healthy. Look yeah. what Carlos Hyde did as fractionally as talented. And Petey Sunshine had a quote this Pete, Pete Carroll, obviously, Petey Sunshine, yes. had a quote this week about wanting to get back to the run more. When everybody wants Russ to cook, he's like, I want to get back to the run more. So if that comes to fruition, Chris Carson. Chris, back to Chris Carson. I, I'm, I, I, just get, I got this feeling we're going to be doling out a lot of A grades to Chris Carson between now and the Fantasy Football Championship. When we come back. Three tough questions. I will pepper my co-hosts with, well, three tough questions. You get to yeah. play along. See if you can go 3-0 and oh when we return Which to I Fantasy will. Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal 
and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly, hour number two. As usual, begins with a game we call Three Tough Questions. I will hit my co-hosts with three tough questions. They will try to get them correct. You can play along, try to go 3-0. and We begin with... Tough question number one. And this is the biggie for the weekend, isn't it? Should commissioners in ESPN leagues where Taysom Hill is tight and eligible allow Hill to be played as a tight end? Scott, man, if, if your question was, should he be allowed? I'd be like, no, but should commissioners in leagues that have been set up since the beginning to allow it? I got to say yes for this one week before they change it next week. I'm very against They're not changing it. I, I, they might change it after this week. That's what they said. That's what they said. And it was also in Taysom Mills outlook that if he starts at quarterback, they will change. They will remove strip the tight end designation. They should. And they should have done it a long time ago. This has been a budding. Yep. This has been a budding problem waiting to happen for them for a long time, but yeah. continue. I, I say, I say that's, this has been the rule. This is the way it was set up. You got to play with it for this week. And when they strip it next week, it's gone. I, I hate, I don't like the decision that ESPN made. I don't, I don't like any of that, but I say you got to play with the rules that, that were in place. Okay. Yeah. If the site allows it, you'd have to adhere to the settings unless before the season, all the league members wrote in blood, we will not start Taysom Hill at quarterback, but uh, this isn't the first instance of something like this. Uh, Several years ago, Joe Webb was wide receiver eligible, but he was starting at quarterback for the Vikings, and people got to play Joe Webb at wide receiver. And the most famous instance didn't involve a quarterback, but Marquez Colston in Yahoo leagues in like 2005 well, or six year. Yeah. Uh, was tight end eligible, but he was clearly a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I remember every week someone being like, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, okay, but I'm going to because I'm allowed to. So that's the answer. Yes, it, it sucks, but that's the way it goes. All right, well. Uh, first, I will say this. ESPN should not have him as tight end eligible. They should yeah. have known this years ago. He the, the problem goes back, like, when he entered the league, they didn't really know what to do with him and what position he was going to play, and he got designated as a tight end by somebody somewhere who, like, put a finger in the wind and went tight end. And because, and for, well, I'm not going to even speculate, but ESPN and others continue to carry that tag as tight end for years and years and years forward. Despite the fact Taysom Mills never once appeared on an NFL roster as listed as tight end. Nope. Not once. Mm. So ESPN should never have had it this way. Right. Taysom Hill as a tight end is a loophole. If you've got Taysom Hill and you're starting him as a tight end, it is a cheap and unfair advantage that you are putting on your league. I personally question your personal integrity and your Mm. sense of fair play. I don't run any leagues on ESPN. If I did and I had Hill, 
I would only start him at quarterback. I would not start him at tight end. I don't care who my tight end is. I wouldn't do it because in my heart, I know he's not a tight end. And I care about my personal integrity Mm -hmm. more than I care about trying to find a loophole for a victory. That's not how I want to win. Now, commissioners, I want to talk to you for just a minute. Who runs your league? Is it you or is it your software? Who runs your league? Does the software dictate who runs your league or do you run your league? This You need to make this call. And simply abdicating to the software is spineless. <laughs> this is like you Dwight versus the computer. I like, my, I like that my bylaws in my league specifically state we are at the complete mercy of the designations of the site. Which you can so, do. And that's great. And that, well, you, someone, at that point, so, everybody that, knows. Someone, that, that's someone, public offering, though. You have to do no, that. No, that's but, my he, private leagues, too. Oh, okay. but, but still, P, I, the Taysom Hill owner would argue with me, hey, this is what your bylaw says. If it's in the bylaws one way or another, yeah. you live by those bylaws for sure. 99% of our listeners do not have this situation in their bylaws. Yeah, I write deal novels. with. Yeah. So, commissioners, you need to make a call. But let me give you a little bit of data. Taysom Hill has played 42 snaps this year at quarterback. 42. He has played 56 snaps at wide receiver. He's played 32 snaps at tight end. So he has played at the tight end position. It's fair to say he's not a tight end, but he plays at least some tight end. Mm-hmm. You can make a case, and you should make the call, commissioners, that he should be allowed to be a tight end. Now, my preference and the correct answer is should Taysom Hill be allowed to Should commissioners allow him to be played as a tight end? Yes, he should, because of the 32 snaps at tight end. That said, those of you that have him, I hope you will play with (laughs) integrity and you will not start him that way because winning is not, winning a game of fantasy football is not worth the loss of integrity for yourself or the league when you know he's a quarterback. Tough question number two. Alex Smith has posted back-to-back 300-yard games. Will Alex Smith finish the year as a top six quarterback, a seven through 12 quarterback, or worse than 12th? Brian. Have to mention that uh, back-to-back 300-yard games, yes, but just one passing touchdown across those two games. So top six, if he's going to finish top six, He's not going to beat out Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen in no particular order. That leaves two spots. And those two spots, he's still got to compete with Aaron Rodgers, Air Bear, L. Jax, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady. He's not finishing top six. And that really doesn't leave a whole lot of meat on the bone uh, for 7 to 12 because Ryan Tannehill is still in the mix. Joe Burrow, I know Fish has a lot of stats that are probably going to support the same answer, but he's worse than 12th. But he's... Uh, it's great to see him back. Okay. Yeah. You say 12 plus. All 12 right. plus. All right, Scott. This is easy. He's scored 34 fantasy points. QB 12 has scored 185 fantasy points. He's got 151 fantasy <laughs> points to make up. Just Clearly, to... <laughs> the question was, why didn't I think of that? This, from this point forward. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. All right. 
So he has very positive matchups against the Bengals. We've already, I think those touchdowns are coming this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle, Carolina, his, even a decent matchup against Dallas. San Francisco's given up uh, like four huge games in the past six weeks, even though they're a middle of the road defense. The only tough spot is Pittsburgh. That said, Brian gave the list. I just don't see how he can. I don't see how he can get to top six at all. I have trouble even seeing him. So is he in the second tier of six? I can see him getting into that ten to twelve range. But if I had to place money on it, and you do, that's how this game works. I'm going to go worse than twelfth. Washington's path to victory, real life victories, is with an efficient Alex Smith. Which is in his DNA anyway, because that's who it he really is. is. Yeah, you know they want to continue to play very good defense, which Washington has. They want to run Antonio Gibson a fair amount because he's pretty special, and mix in a lot of high percentage passing from Alex Smith in these two games with the 300 yards. He's completed 72 percent of his passes. Don't a lot. Very efficient. <clears throat> Only the one touchdown, which you mentioned. Efficiency does not equal fantasy stats. He doesn't have the receivers. Are you saying Teddy Bridgewater is the? <laughs> that's kind of what I'm saying. He doesn't have the receivers to unlock big performances. He's only got the one receiver, Terry McLaurin. And here's really, I think, the crowning blow. In his 15-year career, Alex Smith has never, not once, finished as a top-12 quarterback. Not even the, oh, the MVP year, he probably got hurt at the end. Even in the old days the, when he had some mobility. He wasn't MVP. He, he was in the running. He was in the running. Yeah, yeah that no, one I thought you meant he's on a weekly basis for a second, but that's no, not what you meant. Not okay. what I, he's I was never like, wow. finished a season <laughs> gotcha. as a top-12 okay. quarterback wow. in his 15-year career. So the answer is worse than 12. Tough question number three. Minnesota wide receiver Justin Jefferson leads all rookie receivers by almost 150 yards. Is he an every week starter, Scott? 50% of the time, he's an every week starter all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he has the, the chance. movie that keeps on giving. Yeah, that, that was 60% in the movie. But uh, half the time, he's he has boom games. The other half the time, not so much. He's mm-hmm. He's got that Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Amari Cooper, Lee Evans type of. Uh, you remember Lee, Lee Evans? Remember I Lee do. Evans with I those do. four to six big games a year? That yes. was it. Oh, with Peerless Price on the other side, right? <laughs> Drew Bledsoe, I believe. He has just two negative matchups left on the schedule. One is against the Bears, who he just torched. Mm -hmm. But you can't bench Justin Jefferson just because those explosions are going to happen. I think he's flex-worthy at minimum every single week. So, yeah, he's an every-week starter. Okay. Brian? Yeah, on a PPR points-per-game basis right now, he's wide receiver 20, and that's after a very slow start to the season, which is understandable for a rookie where he had six targets across his first two games. Now, since week three, the target totals have been a bit of a roller coaster ride. It's gone 9, 5, 5, up to 11, then 4, 4, then back up to 10 last week. But he checks virtually every box when it comes to the eye test, and he can turn one target into a productive box score. And there's no way he falls below wide receiver 3 or flex territory any given week, even based on matchups. So, yes, an every week starter moving forward. Justin Jefferson is ahead of Randy Moss's epic rookie season by yards. He's already at 760 yards. He is a deep downfield threat, averaging 18 yards per reception, which is fourth most in the entire NFL, not just among rookies. And despite how deep those passes are, he's got the seventh highest catch rate in the NFL. Normally, your deep ball receivers have a low catch rate Mm -hmm. because those are hard to complete passes. But here's the problem. Dalvin Cook, he's so good 
and the Vikings are so run-oriented. Minnesota's dead last in pass attempts, 27. When you divide up 27 pass attempts among all the wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, there are just some games that Justin Jefferson can't be a big part of. Right. But here's why he's still an every-week starter. There isn't necessarily a script for knowing when the dud game is going to come. It could have come against Chicago. It didn't. And even in games where Dalvin Cook has had high-usage games, Justin Jefferson's posted good games in some of those, too. So he is an every-week starter, but that doesn't mean he's going to turn out every-week big totals because the volume's not going to be there some games. So couldn't you have just said, okay, Scott, what you said, ditto? Well, why I can't I can't give you that kind of credit. I'm sorry. No, I can't do that. Uh, Brian, Green Bay yep. takes on the Indianapolis Colts. This is the toughest matchup of the year for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and this would you would, this would be a shootout in years past. Yeah, right. But uh, not so much this year. We'll start with Aaron Jones on the Packers side. Going to give him a B despite the painstaking painstaking over usage of uh, Jamal Williams. Jones has still garnered at least 15 touches in every game he's played this year. And his role is expanding at receiver. Uh, last week he played eight snaps lined up either in the slot or out wide. So his usage is expanding all over the field. In a tough spot, though, against the Colts, who are ranked fourth against the run by football outsiders. India has allowed just seven total touchdowns to running backs this year. But... Six of those seven touchdowns have come over the last five games, so there's hope Jones can score in this one. Still going to give him a B. I'm going to bench Jamal Williams, though. Only one opposing running back has managed to top 100 combo yards against the Colts. And, of course, Williams is not the lead back for no, this team. No, right. We're not going depth backs against and, and the, the one And that one back who topped 100 combo yards was Derrick Henry, who ran for over 100 yards and added, like, right. two, I, two receiving yards or something. So I, I will say, it's if Devontae Adams doesn't go, which he should go, Jamal Adams in his last three games without Devontae Adams has like two receiving touchdowns and an eight mm. catch game. Yeah, like yeah. he gets involved in yeah. the passing. Game. If Adams does not go, you're absolutely Maybe right. Maybe flexworthy. Yeah, a lot of a few players will get bumped up into a C range well, if Adams. Robert Tunyon would be one. Remember Tunyon's big games happened without Adams yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna assume Adams plays. Plays. He practiced yes. on Friday. Yep. Um, it, I'm going to give him an A. Uh, he's banged up, and it's not a great matchup, but Adams is an auto A at this point, regardless of matchup or, or weather, which has been proven over the last couple of weeks. True. Uh, the Colts did just hold A.J. Brown to one catch for 21 yards, but Brown did drop a 70-yard touchdown bomb twice on the same route. Bobbled it, <laughs> dropped it again. Yeah. Uh, and Adams should see a lot of uh, Xavier Rhodes, a very familiar face from uh, mm-hmm. Rhodes' time with the Vikings. Adams has had either 100 yards or a touchdown the last six times he faced off against Xavier Rhodes. Jeez. So I'm giving Adams an A here. And if Adams plays, I'm benching all the other pass catchers uh, not named Adams. Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. I don't even know if Lazard is coming back this week. And he even might. Robert. We don't know yet. Yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's a tough matchup against the Colts. So all their pass catch. Catchers are on the uh, the bench for me. And Aaron Rodgers just yeah, basically right. off the bench. Going to give him a C. Uh, the Colts defense ranks third in passing touchdowns allowed, and that means the fewest. Bad for Rodgers. And first in passing yards allow- allowed, the fewest. And uh, Rodgers has faced one other defense that's been comparable to the Colts, and that was Tampa Bay, and they pretty much shut him out. So yeah. uh, a tepid C for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, a lot of a lot of tepid, trepidation for the, the Colts side. Uh, Naheem Hines is going to give him a C. Looks like the lead back, but he's followed up these monster games with duds. Remember week one, so everybody season. ran to the waiver wire to get Naheem Hines, and then in week two, do you remember how many touches he had? One. See, I ran to get him in week one, knowing I was going to stash him till week ten. Yeah, that's right. It's I, I, I do. arbitrarily play him in week ten. <laughs> yeah, and only week ten. Yeah. Yes.
It's a great matchup, though, for running backs, but I, I got Jonathan Taylor as my take-a-chance-on-me running back, and if I had to pick between the two, I'm, I'm going to ride with Taylor this week. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bench both Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton. Pittman is the lead receiver on this team as far as I'm concerned at this mm-hmm. point. He's really coming on strong, but uh, the both starting cornerbacks for the Packers, Jair Alexander, who might be the best cornerback outside of Jalen Ramsey in the NFL, will probably be shadowing Pittman, and Kevin King also making their return from injury. So both the receivers on the bench, as are the tight ends for the Colts. Mo Cox out-targeted Trey Burton last week. Jack Doyle is slated to return again. Yeah, it's all, then it's all So then it's all they're best. all on the it bench, is. and so is Phillip Rivers. Six of the last eight quarterbacks who face Green Bay have basically finished outside the top 20 range, and that secondary was dinged during that tenure, so easy bench for Phil. By the yeah. way, Michael Pittman's like 20% rostered. Everybody go get yeah, him. Go get yeah. Michael go Pittman. Get him. Now. Go get Michael Pittman, and if you're in a dynasty league, for the love of God, get him, although we don't know who his quarterback's going to be next year even. It'll be somebody better than who they got now, yeah. in all probability, but I couldn't tell you who it is. That is a That is a tricky spot. For the Colts, next year, who is your quarterback? You're too good to land a premier quarterback in the draft. When we come back, the Dallas Cowboys face the Vikings. Will Andy Dalton spark the passing game back to life? Find out when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid back appeal and down home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Paul Jarchin with you. Scott Fish, Brian Johnson. Cowboys... Go to Minnesota. 
Start with the passing game. Andy Dalton back under center. He battled concussions, then COVID. Now he's back. But remember, he looked really bad last time we saw him. Dallas does attack with three excellent receivers, each of whom is far better than the Vikings' cornerback counterparts. Even if Cameron Dantzler, their their presumptive number one cornerback, is able to clear the concussion protocol. Prior to facing the completely helpless Bears offense last week, the Vikings were allowing almost 300 yards and two and a half touchdowns per game. That is a lot. Andy Dalton is a legitimate starter in this offense. I've got him against the Vikings. I've got him with a C grade, but he does have B grade upside, but I'm giving him a C grade here to play it safe. Amari Cooper, B grade. In three games, Dalton has been under center. Cooper's seen 18 targets from Dalton and led the team with seven catches, 79 yards, and one touchdown in the one game Dalton started and finished. If we're going to get the same thing from Dalton, that's I would take that. Seven catches, 79 yards, and one touchdown. Um, Cooper draws the Vikings, probably the Vikings' most favorable matchup against Chris Jones, allowing a passer rating of 132 in his coverage. C.D. Lamb works out of the slot. And he has actually seen the most targets from Dalton. And running from the slide, he'll face off against Jeff Gladney in all probability. Gladney has given up five touchdowns and is allowing a passer rating of 128 in his coverage. So I've got his B grade on CeeDee Lamb. C grade and Michael Gallup, he was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver against this already thin Viking secondary. And let's go to the running game. Zeke. I've never been more unhappy to be right about a preseason prediction. But this is everything we're worried about with Zeke in the offseason. He's failing the eye test, and the analytics are not favorable either. Compared to Tony Pollard, running with the exact same offense, Zeke is averaging fewer yards per carry, fewer yards after contact, fewer fewer forced missed tackles than Tony Pollard. Pollard's the better running back right Mm -hmm. now. That doesn't mean Pollard's going to get more work. Yet. I'd even start guys like Gio over Zeke right now. Oh, yeah. I think I would, too. And I've only have a C grade on Zeke. Minnesota, and here's a part of it, is Minnesota's run defense suddenly very good. They've only allowed one total touchdown to running backs over the last five games. And during that span, no back has managed to crack 75 rushing yards. That said, the Vikings have yielded the second most touches to running backs in goal-to-go scenarios. So maybe those touches go to Zeke. They're still giving Zeke the ball at the goal line, so... Maybe he gets a touchdown here, and that's where the C grade comes from. Let's go to Minnesota. Dalvin Cook is fascinating, and normally this is where I would just say, Dalvin Cook, he's an obvious eight. Let's move Mm -hmm. on. But I want to spend a minute talking about the 32 touches he had, the 24 touches he had, and the 34 touches he's had the three weeks since coming back from injury. A lot of touch. The whole lot of touching. And I got to wonder... If Dalvin Cook will be rested a bit in this game, and especially if you believe the Vikings are, I don't know, like 10-point favorites or something, especially if you if the Vikings are going to get ahead in this one, we might see a lot of Alexander Madison to try to keep some fresh legs for Dalvin Cook. And that part does worry me a little bit. Still, if the Vikings do get ahead, he's prob- Dalvin Cook's probably already had a good game. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, you know I, I, he's still an A-grade but I'm just putting that out there that I think there's a snare where they they rest him a bit. Dallas is allowing 127 rushing yards per game to running backs, and they've already let three different backs record multiple touchdown games. So Dalvin Cook in A, if you feel like throwing darts, 
You could go to Alexander Madison, but I don't have a starting grade on it. And I'm going to guess those three backs that scored multiple touchdowns were not as good as Dalvin Cook. Well, no, I don't think from right now. Unless I, it was frankly, Alvin I don't think, anybody, yeah, or, I don't think anybody's uh, as no. good as Dalvin Cook right now. Uh, let's go to the passing game. Kirk Cousins gets a B grade. Now, Cousins often suffers from these Dalvin-heavy game plans. But as I just explained... I think they could dial back Dalvin in this one a lot to keep him fresh, and I think there's an up there's a little upside on Cousins for volume. But even if he doesn't get it, that's the beauty of playing the Cowboys. They give up big games even without seeing many passes. In recent games, Kyler Murray, Kyle Allen, and Carson Wentz only threw 24, 25, and 27 passes. They all scored two times. What's more, Dallas has allowed multiple passing touchdowns in every game since the opener. I think Kirk Cousins is sitting on multiple passing touchdowns. And if I like Cousins as a B grade, I must like his receivers, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. They both come in with B grades as well. For Thielen, he's become touchdown dependent, and this is an ideal matchup. Thielen's been Kirk Cousins' favorite red zone weapon, drawing a team-leading 14 red zone targets. Dallas has allowed 16 touchdowns to receivers. That is the most, including allowing multiple receiver scores in three of the past four games, and I expect that to happen here as well. Justin Jefferson, as I mentioned, already uh, already a B grade. Dallas has allowed 16 touchdowns to receivers, which I just said, um, and I think this is an excellent opportunity for him as well. Trayvon Diggs is out, cornerback. Jefferson has a dream matchup against an inexperienced, undrafted rookie in Savion Smith, who has played just 14 defensive snaps in the NFL against Justin Jefferson. That is a rookie-on-rookie matchup that heavily favors Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson. Savory. It is savory. Uh, Irv Smith is shaping up as a game-time decision. If he does not go, you can start Kyle Rudolph, much like last week. Good tight ends are generally faring well against Dallas, and if Kyle Rudolph's going to get the overwhelming majority of the tight end snaps, he is a guy that you can use. All right, let's go to our next matchup, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Scott, I actually want to start with James Conner in this one. Yeah. He has been stone cold for a month, yeah. even in favorable matchups, games where you'd think he would do really well, yep. bad field conditions where he should be running, the whole thing. It, none of it's worked for James Conner, but here comes the Jags. What do you think? You know what else is bad? They got up by a couple scores on the Bengals. Didn't care. Didn't Kept throwing. Right. Kept throwing. Didn't yeah. didn't even care. Gabe Connor nine carries the week before, thirteen carries last week, even up big points. Right. They did not care. They just keep throwing, and that's the big problem. I I am giving Connor a C grade here, but as you alluded to, uh, under sixty yards in three straight hasn't had more than three catches in a game since week three. Ugh. So he's not even getting the receiving work. It's all going to. You know, they're amazing receivers. They just have a ton of options. Now, you think that at some point they're going to start switching to Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland? Because James Conner ain't getting it done. See, I don't know. I mean, Snell has six carries in the last two weeks for 13 yards. You know, I know. Like it's not, no, I'm just talking future. It's not a whole I don't know. There might, be, there might be a spot to speculate there. McFarland, three for seven yards in the last two weeks. So, uh, yeah. All right. The I did give him a seat. Because right. he's going to get the volume. Mm-hmm. He'll, get, he'll get 10, 12, 13 carries. He might get a reception or two. He might get you 50, 60 yards, maybe. So I gave him a C grade here. I'm giving Ben an A grade. I'm giving Juju an A grade. 
grade. Mm. I'm giving Claypool an A grade. I'm giving Deontay Johnson an A grade. I don't even care because, as I said, they just keep throwing the ball and they keep racking up scores. Uh, the Jags are bottom 10 in passing yards and passing touchdowns alone mm-hmm. allowed. Uh, Steelers hitting their stride right now. Juju has averaged over 10 targets per week over the last four, uh, topping six for 67 and scoring in all uh, scoring in two of them, topping six for 67 in all of them. But Down- most importantly, Scott, it's his birthday on oh, Sunday, boy. Juju Smith-Schuster. There you go. Uh, the reason his yardage totals are the, are the low ones, though, because Deontay Johnson, he's the deeper guy. Claypool's the deeper guy. Deontay Johnson, double-digit targets in every full game mm. he's played. Yes. That's that's the Wait, problem. He's played one of those. <laughs> he has played four of those. <laughs> Uh, he has four scores in those games and at least 77 yards in each of those games. Uh, Claypool, uh, let's talk about the rushing. <laughs> Nine carries and two touchdowns rushing. Yeah, he's RB like 27 right now. <laughs> <laughs> James Conner just shaking his fist. He probably is. Uh, he's rung up 32 targets in the last three weeks as well. They're all averaging mm-hmm. 10-plus targets a game. Three scores in that span. I don't care. I'm giving them all A's. Maybe one of them turns in a B performance. You don't know which one's going to blow up, though, and they should all be fine. Watch. James Washington, four touchdowns. <laughs> that would be that would be <laughs> insane. Uh, on the other side, I'm giving a I'm giving a bench grade to Jake Luton. Uh, the Steelers have not allowed a single top twelve fantasy day from a quarterback yet this year. Mm. They're getting pressure on the quarterback thirty five percent of the time. They're dialing up a blitz forty two percent of the time. If they do that on a rookie quarterback like Luton, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in what he can do. Uh, they haven't allowed over 250 yards passing since week five either. Wow. Uh, DJ Chark, I'm giving a B grade, though, too, because with, with Luton in, Luton is just lasered in on him. 17 targets in the two in the last two weeks. Similar-sized number one receivers against the Steelers have actually had decent days against them. So I think if Luton gives him enough volume, he could get up to that B grade. Okay. I don't think Cole's getting there, though. He's been a 40 to 50 yard guy every week, except for one blow up where he had three huge plays in garbage time. Otherwise, he's like a 40 yard guy and you hope for a touchdown. I think it's only about Shark here in the running game. Robinson, B grade. I won't sugarcoat it, though. It's it's not a great matchup. But Robinson gets 90% of I the know. touches. No, I th- he leads all backs yeah. in percentage of work. The last four backs to hit 15 touches against the Steelers all had 70-plus yards, uh, and 15 touches for Robinson is like, and that's below his floor. He's he's a guy that's more likely to get 20 to 25. He gets, he's, he's had 25 or more in three straight games, so yeah. I, I gave him the B grade. Rams take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Brian, we all started every part of the Rams passing game last week in the seemingly obvious matchup against Seattle. We got nothing. Now, here comes a much, much tougher test against Tampa Bay. Do we dare go back to Jared Goff and company? No. not At least not Goff. The last time Goff flew to Florida, things did not end well. Flew up flying across the country when he went to play in Miami. I think he had about five, four, four or five turnovers. Mm, so I hate okay. Goff in Florida, and I don't like a lot of his pass catchers. The only one I truly like is Cooper Cup. I'm going to give him a B. Cup has seen at least seven targets in six of the past seven games. Tampa Bay has surrendered a touchdown from the slot in three of the past four games. Cup will see plenty. Oh, Sean Murphy bunting, <laughs> who has yielded a total of four scores and is allowing a passer rating of 129 in his coverage, so a B for Cup. You made him sound Irish when you called him O'Shawn. I know. Murphy Bunky. Well, I was, I was 
kind of what I was going for. Okay, but right. the O was like plenty of, uh, plenty of uh, O'Shawn. Okay. All right. Uh, but to the other receivers, Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds, I wanted to write a Reynolds rap this week. Mm. But they're both on the bench, so we'll have to save that for later. Uh, Woods has seen nine fewer targets than Josh Reynolds over the last three games and has failed to reach 35 yards in three of those past four, Robert Woods, that is. And uh, over the past five games as a whole, this is a bad matchup for both. The Buccaneers have only allowed two receivers to top 75 yards. They'll both face a tricky matchup in Jamel Dean, probably mm-hmm. more so Woods, but Dean is uh, allowing just 31 yards per game in his coverage and is ranked ninth among corners by pro football focus. So Woods and Reynolds are on the bench for me this week, but they're both, uh, both should still be rostered, of course. And then Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, I have them on the bench as well. Uh, the Bucks have allowed three tight end touchdowns over the last two games, the likes of Adam Troutman, Josh Hill, and Colin Thompson. Who? That was his Carolina's first catch. Colin wow. Thompson. Yep. But opposing tight and uh, opposing tight ends are averaging five catches for fifty plus yards. That's decent, but this is just a coin flip. I want no part no, of between I, Tyler Higbee no. and Gerald Everett. So they're both on the bench. And all the running backs for the Rams on the bench as well. Last week, here's the snap share breakdown. Malcolm Brown, forty one percent. Daryl Henderson, 33%. Cam Akers, 26%. And he's the one that got the start, too. Yeah. Uh, Akers led the way with 10 opportunities, and opportunities either a carry or a target. The other two had eight. And this is just a brutal matchup. Tampa Bay ranked second against the run by football outsiders. Opposing running backs are averaging less than 100 combo yards per game. Total. That is absolutely insane. Yeah. Rushing, receiving yards, under 100. And less than a touchdown per game, so they're both on the bench. Uh, quickly over to the Tampa Bay side, Ronald Jones. Going to give him a C. Need to eat some crow here. We were really ragging on Ronald Jones last week. Well, Called and rightfully a... so. Right, maybe. What we'll is see. our what's our anti our anti peacock sound? I Did we establish we if we have an uh, anti peacock sound? The barnyard is John <laughs> Lazy Bay. I don't know. There's a turkey on there. I think. But uh, Ronald Jones looks to be the Bucks' lead back again, uh, assuming Jones uh, handles knows, right? the bulk of touches, uh, which, again, is never a safe assumption in Tampa Bay. He'll have a t- tough matchup in the Rams. Los Angeles has only allowed five t- total touchdowns to running backs this year, and since week four, no lone back has managed to top 80 combo yards against the Rams. So it's just an awful matchup for running backs on both sides. But I will give Jones the C. I'm going to bench Mike Evans because I'm going to assume he sees the most of Jalen Ramsey, which is just yeah, a hard I, stop. I assume so, too. Anyone who's going to see the majority of Jalen Ramsey, you got to bench him. I don't care who they are at this point. Devontae Adams, maybe, but we'll see if we ever get there. But anyway, that gives uh, Dan leads Arnold? me. Definitely not. Uh, that leads me to believe uh, Antonio Brown deserves a C. Uh, 29% target share since uh, starting to share bunk beds with Tom Brady. He should have had a 50-plus yard touchdown last week as well. Brady overthrew him. Uh, now, now Brown could see an equal amount of Jalen Ramsey here, but I still think uh, Evans sees the majority of shadow coverage from Ramsey. But on a whole, the, the Rams are allowing the fewest yards to opposing wide receivers, just 127 per game, and they haven't allowed a receiver to top 70 yards in the past six. So just a C for Brown. Chris Godwin is going to give him a C, too, but he feels like the safer C to me. Uh, Godwin uh, is has at least six targets in every game. He definitely won't see Jalen Ramsey. Instead, he gets slot corner Troy Hill, who is allowing 42 yards per game and a passer rating of 95 in his yeah, coverage. Not, not amazing great. numbers, but yeah. it's the best you're going to get it, it when going up against the Rams. There. Actually, the best you're going to get is probably Rob Gronkowski. I'm going to give him a B. Um, a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa Bay, of course, but um, 
His matchup is with Kenny Young, who allows an 85% catch, catch rate and coverage, and his pro football focuses worst-graded tight end defender. So Gronk, probably your safest pass catcher this week with a B. And because I'm ragging on all the pass catchers, just a C for Tom Brady. The Rams secondary has been great. Uh, blanked Russell Wilson last week. Non-Josh Allen quarterbacks have averaged a paltry 210 yards and Non-Josh Allen. six passing touchdowns. Not good. But that list does include Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith hybrid in Washington, Nick mm-hmm. Foles, Tua. Not too impressive. So you're not benching Brady, but temporary your expectations. All right. That sounds like a, a very good plan. When we come back, premature speculation. This is the bit where we give you players you want to pick up now that everybody else is going to be trying to pick up next week, but they're already on your roster because you jumped into the premature speculation time machine. Which sounds just like that. Also, from last segment, if you can figure out the natural predator to the peacock, let us know <laughs> so we can start getting the natural predator to the peacock on the button bar here because we, we're we're a little bit flummoxed by that. What what eats a peacock? What doesn't eat a peacock? I'm gonna, I, I don't know. I'm going to Google that Do- right I, now. I, Dogs, I'm cats, nervous about what raccoon, I'll find. tiger, and mongoose. We need Ooh, a mongoose. The, the mongoose. The fantasy mongoose. Yeah. For when we have to anti peacock, that would be awesome. <laughs> the fantasy mongoose. Ricky Ticky Tavi. Coming up when we come back to Fantasy Football Week. Deep cut. Nice. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid back appeal and down home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, and Brian Johnson. If you're listening over the air, we are also a podcast. 
Look for the Fantasy Football Weekly Podcast on whatever platform you prefer to get your podcasts on. We're pretty much everywhere. And thank you for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. We always are grateful, and we care what you think. This segment is called Premature Speculation. We give you three players to pick up that other people will be trying to pick up next week, but you're ahead of the game. Scott, who you got? So I, I got a I kind of a weird one here because he's going to be on buy, so I want you to get him before the Weavers after the buy. So mm-hmm. I want you to get him now. In the next five games, Jordan Reed faces three bottom seven teams against tight ends. Mm. Two are just middle of the pack. The other two are just middle of the pack. Yeah. But those teams have given up nine games of 60-plus and or a touchdown uh, combined. Those are the tough matchups. Yeah. So he's got a great five-game slate. Uh, Kittle is out till December, and if San Francisco gets eliminated, Reed might be good to go for the entire season for uh, you. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, so go get him now. All right, Jordan Reed, I like it. Everybody everybody needs tight end help right yeah. now. That's a great angle. Brian? Uh, mine's a little more of a dynasty angle, but I'm going Auden Tate, wide receiver for the Bengals. Now, if something happens to A.J. Green, which might very well happened. Something's happening yeah, right he, now. He's like decomposing he's well. in front of our eyes. But more importantly, T. Higgins, uh, Tate would, would see more targets. But when he does see targets, he is producing. He's got good size. 6'5", 230 pounds. And That's, he leads. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He, he makes a lot of really nice looking catches too. Next year, Tate and Higgins on the boundaries of Boyd mm. running out of the slot with Joe Burrow is going to be scary. And Tate, despite his opportunities being limited, does lead the team in yards per pass route run. So when he gets the ball, he makes things happen. So uh, if you've got a dead dynasty team, he's, he's a good stash right now. Most of this year's rookie receivers started blowing up right around like week four. You know, they got through what was sort of like their version of the preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, right around week four. Second round pick Denzel Mims didn't play until three weeks ago. This is week four coming up for Denzel Mims. You may remember from the draft, Denzel Mims, he's big, he's physical, he's fast. He is a big play downfield threat. In his three games so far, he's been getting a bunch of targets, and the Jets are going to want to work him in for the rest of the season as they try to get some reps for him this year that will pay off next year with Trevor Lawrence. Game scripts always favor the Jets' passing game because they're constantly behind. They're going to be passing throughout. And Mims has got a bunch of plus matchups left, including two in the playoffs. He will face Seattle and Cleveland in the fantasy playoffs, weeks 14 and 16. That might be a flex starter for you in 14 and 16, Denzel Mims. Let's get in our final two matchups of the show, including Kansas City taking on the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, all obvious A's and do not require elaboration. They are my third, first, and first-ranked players at their respective positions. Clyde Edwards-Alaire clocks in with a C grade. He's had a grand total of, since Bell arrived, he's had a grand total of 19 carries. Not a lot. Ugh. Even though Bell isn't taking the work, Bell's not getting isn't getting any work. He's See, scoring touchdowns now, though, somehow. A little bit. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has posted 80 combo yards and no scores on 13 touches in the earlier matchup against Las Vegas, he had 80 combo yards and, a, and no score. The Raiders haven't allowed a back to top 70 rushing yards in their last six games. So there's just not a lot to like here from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Feels like he's sitting on 50, 60 yards and maybe a chance at a touchdown. Let's hope so. Um, Le'Veon Bell's on the bench, as I mentioned before, almost totally unused since his acquisition by Kansas City. Apparently not everybody who leaves Adam Gase automatically becomes a star player because Le'Veon Bell's doing less now yeah. with the high, the best offense in the NFL. Go figure. Last guy I want to mention, there's a chance that both 
Sammy Watkins does not play because of his hamstring, and Nicole Hardman doesn't clear the COVID protocol. If both of those things happen, then I think you could throw in Demarcus Robinson because sure. he'll be on the field like every snap. So he might be a sneaky play if both Watkins and Hardman can't go. Let's flip over to the Raiders' side. We'll start with the running game, which makes sense for this team. Josh Jacobs posted 77 yards and two scores against the Chiefs earlier this season. And Kansas City's allowing the sixth most rushing yards. And the game script almost certainly involved another run-heavy attack in an effort to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. As I mentioned earlier in the show, John Gruden runs the ball 31 times per game. Kansas City sees 29 rushes per game. You figure Josh Jacobs gets like two-thirds of the work? That's 20 touches for Josh Mm -hmm. Jacobs in. That's an A grade for Josh Jacobs. And Devontae Booker was my take-a-chance-on-me player with a C grade. All right, let's go to the passing game. Derek Carr comes in with a C grade here, posted his best game of the year in the earlier meeting, throwing for 347 yards and three touchdowns. But that was an absolute anomaly for both Carr and the Chiefs against one of the best pass defenses. Carr's average game in the month since that Kansas City win Just 178 yards and 1.3 touchdowns. That's it. That's the real Derek Carr here. He's been under 165 yards in three straight games. And for the Chiefs, they've only allowed 108 yards and one touchdown to the rest of the league other than Derek Carr in the previous game. Uh, So let's talk about his receivers. If Derek Carr is a C, who do we like? Darren Waller. Good tight ends have gotten it done against the Chiefs. Hunter Henry and with the Chargers and Mark Andrews and the Ravens and Noah Fant and the Broncos tight ends averaged seven catches, 72 yards. Good tight ends. Get it done here. Waller had five. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Waller's had at least five catches and 60 yards or a score in each of his last three against the Chiefs. And he did well in the previous matchup this year. Everybody else is on the bench. Nelson Aguilar, three catches across his last three games and a bad matchup. Henry Ruggs, he had the long bomb touchdown when these teams played each other last time. But he's done nothing else all season besides that one long reception. That's it. He is a low, low volume dart throw at best against a very good secondary. We've said it like a million times already, but just imagine C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy on the Raiders. Or Justin Jefferson. Or, the, of course, Justin I mean, Je- they, or they, Michael they, Pittman or they, many they, other rookies. They got it wrong. They flat out got it Dude. wrong. Our last matchup of the day, Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens. Scott, this has been a sleepy Tennessee Titans offense. And now they go at Baltimore. This is not a get-right spot. No, it's really not. The Ravens have only allowed five passing touchdowns since week three. That's not many. Week four is the last time a QB threw for more than 230 yards against them. Conversely, Tannehill's best yardage day in the last four weeks, this sleepy four-week run, mm-hmm. 233 yards. That's it. it it's, they're just really off. It's a tough draw. Mm-hmm. I have Tannehill on the bench. I actually have the whole passing game except A.J. Brown on the bench. Sorry about Janu. I, I just No, eight, I'm with you. Did Janu's not startable this eight, week. Eight catches since week five Sorry, for Janu. Janu, Janu. Yeah, Janu, Janu. Uh A.J. Brown, though, he's just too good not to start. He had a terrible week last week, but he had scored in five straight prior to that. He has He's getting seven targets per game, even in a tough matchup. If he's getting seven, eight, nine targets, yeah. he might be able to get something done. And they got to they gotta pass somewhere. So uh, A.J. Brown, AJ Brown, I do have a, a soft B on. Derrick Henry, A grade for Derrick Henry. There isn't benching Henry anyway. 
Uh, he scores most weeks, hits 100 most of the time. Ravens have been good against running backs, but Dam- Damian Harris just had 122 yeah. yards, and and he's a big bowler of a running back. Henry's a little bit bigger and a little bit a little bit more of a bowler than him. Also, Calais Campbell and Brandon Mil- Brandon Williams might be missing from that interior defensive line. Mm. If they are, yeah, more for Henry. On the other side, Lamar Jackson. Tennessee is uh, bottom five against quarterbacks. But Lamar Jackson only has two games with more than 210 passing yards. It's ridiculous. He gets it done on the ground, though. In, well, in, does he? In his first five games, he only had 42 rushes. He's got 40 in his last three around, alone. He's he's starting to ramp up that rushing again. I'm still giving him an A grade. It's a bottom five pass defense, so he might be a little more prolific there. And he's getting the rushing, uh, at least recently. Willie Sneed and uh, and Marquise Brown, this is a matchup call. The Titans are bottom five against wide receivers. They've allowed 19 different wide receivers to top 50 yards. That's C-level production. And the Titans are the worst team in the league against slot receivers, which is good for Sneed. Yeah. So I have C-grades on both of them. Mark Andrews gets an A-grade, obvious A-grade for me, Boyle out for the season. And you are not touching those running backs with that split. No, unfortunately. Absolutely you can, You not. can't use any of those running backs right now. No. We, um, when Ingram was out, you you know, it gave you a glimmer of hope for using Gus Edwards, yeah. J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. They both but, were good for that you know, But immediately, Ingram comes back last week. They split it up three ways, and now they're all unusable. I can only hope... Next year, we've got a little more clarity and, frankly, one less guy in that backfield for yeah. us to worry about. Yeah, exactly. If you miss any part of the show, you can get all my play rankings available at guillotineleagues.com. We encourage you to go there for that. Also, if you miss any part of the show, you can also listen to the entire thing on the podcast version of Fantasy Football Weekly. Good luck in week number 11, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.